You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for downloading this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. As you can imagine, we're going to be concentrating on Wales's opening weekend defeat to Australia, the 13th defeat in a row against the Aussies, but it wasn't all bad, as we'll discover. Tonight, it's going to be a two-parter, so in part two, it'll be the usual format. Dan Killick and I will be giving our reaction and analysis to that defeat and uh, trying to make some sense of all that. But first, uh, it's my match day blog from yesterday. So I was fortunate enough to explain to be in the stadium yesterday and was actually in the uh, in the media zone as well, which is a, a new experience for me. So coming up, we'll have highlights from the game as I saw it. Uh, we'll also have some of the press conference reaction. There's an interview with Peter Jackson from the Rugby Paper and also a chat with Ithka David of the Rugby Conversation, which is another, uh, another great podcast. So hopefully you'll find it interesting. If you do, please leave us a review on iTunes. We always appreciate that. And as we say, we'll always give you a shout out. Uh, but in the meantime, enjoy the show. Right then, arrived in Wales, having successfully negotiated the M4, the M25, and uh, the Newport Road on the way into Cardiff, the uh, the trifecta of misery. With uh, with all that successfully negotiated, heading down into a town now, really is nothing quite like that feeling on match day. We just get so excited, uh, the opportunity to to watch the boys, potentially you know a new. Um, exciting brand of rugby god we've been talking about that for a long time and uh yeah with any luck we'll get to see a bit of that slightly different this time round. going to be watching the game from within the uh the confines of the media center at the millennium stadium which is a first uh quite quite excited by that as well really it's a good feels like a bit of a pat on the back for a year's worth of kind of late nights and and graft of uh of recording the attacking scrum podcast no Dan Killick with me, it's his birthday, so he's, uh, he's headed down to, to London Welsh. We'll see what state he's in. He's, he, he's promised he's going to get some 
some good footage and some <laughs> and some uh, some good reaction from fans down there. But uh, yeah, we'll wait and see if he's had one Peroni too many. It might be a, might be a bit much, but we can let him off as it's his birthday. So uh, yeah, right. Let's see what today holds in store. After spending the afternoon in the media centre, it's then time to head over and take my seat in the press box and get ready to soak up some of that pre-match atmosphere. Getting very close to kick-off now, yeah. Stadium's starting to fill up. It always feels like it fills up really slowly to me. And uh, it'd be really interesting to see exactly how many we have in here today. I think a lot's been made over the last few years about attendance around the Autumn Internationals and you know, it's obviously so important for the, for the game in Wales to make sure we have the, the stadium as full as possible um, but yeah it is starting to, to fill up you probably hear the atmosphere behind me with plenty of, plenty of singing from the choir and otherwise more alarmingly I've just had Curly Bill warming up in front of us and it's just terrifying uh, terrifying ball skills that he has and um, but yeah, hopefully it's going to be one of those days when Wales are able to Wales are able to cope with him, and it's not a repeat of 2012 when I remember being here and him running over in the corner in the last minute or so to break Welsh hearts. But uh, yeah, as you say, it's all about all about whether Wales can play new new style of rugby today, and uh, we'll find that out very very soon. Singing in the stadium is always one of my favourite parts of the day. And with all the favourites of Karamba and Delilah and everything else ahead of the fixture, time for, I guess, the, the most hair-raising of all of those moments. guaranteed to get the hairs standing on the back of your neck and really really good crowd in here today by the look of it hopefully the atmosphere is going to live up to it and the, and the action on the pitch after all of the build up time to get down to business and see exactly what kind of Wales was going to turn up so what you're hearing now is an assortment of highlights from me throughout the afternoon and my take on the game as I saw it and as it panned out The bright start for Wales all seemed a little bit easy for Australia, just bundling over from a uh, from a line out which seemed to be quite easily easily given. You know, Steph Evans kind of bundled into touch and, uh, and it was pretty straightforward driving line out, and they've just gone straight over and plotting out the hooker scoring. So a few uh, a few areas for concern there early on. Pretty much an instantaneous comeback from Wales. 
Gareth Davis made a monstrous break there from a bit of scrappy line-out play, really. And then from there, good quick ball down the line, big overlap, and uh, yeah, I think it's Steph Evans over for his first international try on his, uh, on his own baby. Well, it looked like it had been really good scramble defence from Wales has turned into another try for Australia. Some, again, just a bit of magic from Bernard Foley with a brilliant chip through that's caused all kinds of panics. Difficult because Halfpenny almost got there and, and was able to turn it around. Some good, uh, some further good scramble defence from Steph Evans and the likes. But then Adam Cole was just gone crashing over from point blank range. Uh, Going to be interesting to see how this finishes. Australia just gone over again. It's actually been generally quite a positive half for Wales, but there's no shortage of ambition. It's just been a little lapses in concentration and, and execution. And the Australians just make it look so much easier. Michael Hooper going over there, but they're crashing over the game line. And then when they do get the opportunities out wide and in the uh, in the 22, they're, they're really making them count. Going to be difficult from here. Same period of pressure, and Wales have come away with that with three points. Halfpenny going for the sticks. Just feel like this is going to need, they're going to need another try to, to stand any chance of getting back into this. Uh, but yeah, more points on the board. Well, with me having said they're going to need a try to get back in this, Lee Halfpenny's in a massive tricky up on the halfway line, which will bring Wales right back in here. Oh, and really not got hold of it cleanly, but. Didn't, didn't actually end up that far away. Certainly not as clean as strike. But yeah, still six points in this. Well, Wales looking like they were going to put forward another attack. The strangest turnovers, and Curly Bills ended up underneath Wales' post. Crowd certainly don't like it. The referee's not gone to the TMO, and uh, that might just do it for that might just do it for Australia. It looks good. Cheer will tell you it's a great finish from Hallam Amos that. Tease it up, tease it up for a really interesting finish. Just wonder whether Wales left it too late though. Rush down, half penny misses a conversion, which leaves it out of reach. A lot of people starting to empty out now. It's not it's a frustrating one for this from Wales. They've definitely shown some ambition, but haven't been able to keep the ball when it matters, haven't been able to get over the line when it matters, really, until it's until it's too late. But, uh, you know, decent, decent performance to start with. Wales are turned over really cheaply there, but more alarmingly, Jonathan Davis down, grabbing his head, doesn't look in good nick. Wales managed to strip the ball back, there might be a chance for a consolation later on. the game Wales on the losing side 29 points to 21 the really concerning bit though is John the Davis line stripping on the floor and all the medics are coming on for this you wonder whether he's going to be out on the stretcher in a sec I can see at the time as Jonathan Davis went down that looked like a serious injury and after the game in the post-match press conference Warren Gatland had this to say about it. Just a, 
he looks like an ankle injury at the moment, so um, he's just been strapped up. He's on a crutch, so um, doesn't doesn't look brilliant, but you know we'll know probably in the next twenty four hours or so. And he's fine. I think he just got a knock on the knee, and it wasn't an injury replacement. That we just um, just you know he'd run himself into the ground and uh, taken a couple of big hits, and just kind of felt it was uh, the right time to make a change. For all the positives of the game, it was yet another defeat to Australia and the inevitable questions of the mentality issue uh, were raised in the post-match press conference. But here's what Alan Wynne-Jones had to say about whether there was a mental block when it came to playing against Australia. A mental block? No, not at all. I think, as Gats said about you know, an attacking approach, we showed that in spades out there. I think the, the, the point that's been made is the, the balance of when, how and where we do that. You know, we don't really want to do it from our own 22 because if you give teams that much time in, in your 22, um, they'll take those gifts and keep the pressure on. So I, no, I definitely wouldn't yeah. say it's that because we've come, you know, we've come too close to, to be that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's anything that showed today there's a mental block about playing in Australia. We, just, we, were, we were architects of our own downfall because of us not being accurate enough in the first half and not, not things that they created. So... And given the potency that they've got as an, an attacking team, um, you know we made it easier for, for easy for them. And and the pleasing thing is we got stronger as the game and, and <coughs> went on and more accurate as the game went on. So. As the evening drew in, and one by one, journalists kind of finished editing their copy and headed out of the stadium. I managed to catch up with Peter Jackson, writer for the rugby paper amongst amongst others and uh, he kindly agreed to sit down with me and, and give his uh, assessment of, of how Wales had gone on. And here's what experimenting with new ideas and techniques. So top journalist Peter Jackson with me. Peter, so much made about whether Wales would play an expansive brand of rugby. How do you assess that latest effort? I thought they did play uh, a more expansive uh, game of rugby. I, I thought it was an outstanding test match, uh, hugely enjoyable. I think Wales take uh, a lot of credit out of it, which may sound a, a strange thing to say given that they uh, conceded four tries. Um, I, I, it, it, it's been long overdue that they try and play in a more subtle way. I thought some of the running and passing, the interchange, particularly even tight forwards, people like Rob Evans, Alan Wynne-Jones was outstanding, uh, so I think it's something to, um, to build on. Uh, Owen Williams uh, fully justified his selection taking everything that those big Australian centres could throw at him. So I'd like to see him stay there and develop that kind of partnership with uh, with Dan Bigger. So, uh, you know, it's a fairly unforgiving place test rugby, yeah. isn't it? And, and nobody will know that better than Steph Evans. Um, what, did you, yeah, what did you make of his performance? Though? Well, I scored a super try at the end. I mean, it was a, a dazzling move. It was, uh, it was Welsh rugby at its very best. Mm. Uh, I think eight passes in the end. Uh, and, and, and again, it took some finishing. It wasn't just a run-in for him. So I give him full credit for that. Uh, I would uh, blame him for the loose kick that uh, set up, what was that, the second Australian mm-hmm. try for Michael Hooper uh, just before half-time. Uh, pretty, a pretty important time to score, not that there's a, an unimportant time. Uh, and then, of course, in the end, he becomes a, a victim of Curtly Beale's sleight of hand. Um, I thought the way that Beale, uh, the the indecent haste with which he 
sort of dropkick, the conversion, uh, rather suggested that he wanted it over and done with before the referee could sort of say, maybe I ought to have a look at that. Uh, and as it transpired, uh, I think he did it so expertly that not even the the TMO could find anything wrong with it. All right, maybe a subsequent sort of frames might suggest that the ball was dropped. Hairline decision, uh, as was as the one... Yeah, it was the, potentially the, Halamamos's. Halamamos uh, right at the end. And, uh, you know, it'll be... Uh, It'll do his morale an awful lot of good that he actually was given that try. Uh, you know, you could have argued it both ways. Did he, did he sort of brush the flag a split second before he got it down? And uh, but in the end, no. It was. Um, I thought there was a lot for Wales to take credit from. Um, I was concerned again that when Australia went down to uh, 14 men, that, that Wales again just lacked that composure to to make them pay for it. I mean, Alan Jones reaching for the mm. for the line, losing it, and going over. Uh, Christian Dacey reaching and finishing about 12 inches short. You know, in a way, it's a kind of metaphor for so many Wales Australia games. But but I thought they gave it a real go against a team that's uh, that's won seven in a row now. The big concern potentially, though, is the loss of Jonathan Davis, who what looks like looks like a, a pretty nasty injury at this stage. If he does have to go out, do you think Owen Watkin is potentially going to have to form that partnership with, with well, Owen Williams? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think Georgia, in many ways, is the ideal game for people like Owen Watkin to, to come in, play with Owen Williams, a completely uh, new centre pairing. Uh, they've also got Scott Williams as an option. I mean, I mean, this is no disrespect to Jamie Roberts, but I hope they don't go back because Jamie has served them wonderfully well. But I think that kind of one-dimensional sort of crash ball thing doesn't work anymore. That, that you know, the game at top level is uh, demands that you're a bit more subtle than that and you've got a bit more to your game. And I thought Wales showed flashes of it tonight. I thought some of their passing and their movement and their pace um, was outstanding. I mean... I can't remember a team that has conceded as few penalties as Wales conceded tonight. They only conceded three. So if you'd said before the game, look, you're only going to concede three penalties and they're going to concede four times as many, you'd think, well, this is a game we're going to win. Um, at least they've had the set. At least the fans will have seen it and they will have enjoyed it and they will be less disappointed, certainly, than they have in so many previous Wales-Australia games. I thought an admirable performance from back row, you know, particularly with which England are really not having, uh, not having much experience at this level, did feel, though, that Australia at times had a very quick ball and perhaps those injuries in the back row just took their toll. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think Australia, in critical positions, have got better players. I mean, I thought Genia and Foley were outstanding in the way they run the game. I thought Hooper was terrific. I thought Coleman was terrific. Pelotel now, the hooker. I mean, they had just that little bit more quality when it matters. But Wales ought to look at what Australia have done and gain some encouragement from it. Australia were on their knees, hammered, what, 4-0 by England. They then lost at home to Scotland in Sydney, uh, played the All Blacks, were humiliated, conceded, what, six, seven tries in, in, in less than an hour. Boxing match would have been stopped. And yet somehow they picked themselves up, recovered, uh, and finished their domestic season by beating the All Blacks, which uh, shows it can be done. And nobody's going to tell me that Australia have more resources than Wales because they don't. Their domestic game has been in crisis. They've got roughly as many registered players. They've now got the same number of teams, four, uh, as Wales have here. So from that point of view, it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's fairly level. But they have managed to pull themselves out of a 
real crisis and, and so quickly that they've actually beaten the best team in the world. And then finally, to finish, all in all, more positives and negatives? Uh, yeah, for once, yeah. You know, I mean, I've been accused of never being too slow to find the negatives. And yes, there were negatives about lack of composure, mistakes under pressure. But then those are hallmarks of, you know, bad teams make those mistakes or struggling teams do and the good teams make fewer of them. But yeah, definitely, definitely something for Wales to say, that was a start we can get better. I'm a little bit concerned that this start wasn't made a long time ago, because there's not that much time between the, the World Cup will be here before we know it. Uh, but at least it's a start. By this time, it was round about half past nine at night, and most people had long left the stadium. But I did manage to catch up with, uh, with one more person before calling it a day and uh, that was Ifthid David of the Rugby Conversation and he very kindly agreed to give me 10 minutes to, to have a chat and catch, up and catch his opinion on, on what he thought of the game. Had time for the dust to settle a little bit now. Um, still a, a little air of disappointment, but before I kind of get all one-eyed and biased, I thought we'd bring on someone who's a much more balanced view when it comes to, to rugby, Ithra David of the Rugby Conversation. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's um, good to be on. Uh, yeah, you're right there. There's a bit of disappointment, I guess. There's a bit of time settled. It's always difficult after uh, big international matches because you kind of, you've had the post-match press conference, you've been to mix zone, you've got the impressions of both camps, etc., etc. And it doesn't, still doesn't really kick mm. in for another, I don't know, like 12, 24 hours. And I, I don't know about you, but I feel like I want to watch the game again. Yeah, I do. And this is, uh, you know, it's, it's a different experience for me being here as well, because a lot of the time my experience has been in the stadium and then I want to watch the game again because I've probably had one too many, one too many bitters <laughs> and, need to, and need, to, need to look back. But I think you're right. I think sometimes, you know, it, it can go by in such a blur international rugby. You, you know, it's so much more when you're in the stadium, I think. Because... Because so much happens, sometimes you don't realise how much happens in a rugby game until you sit there and think, "Wow, you you've consumed so much." And like this, um, this the, this tonight was a great example of that. How like the start was quite slow, but then it just kicked into being so frantic. And then from there on, for the last hour of the fixture, I just felt this. It was a proper test match, you know, and it was exciting. It got you off the feet. It got the fans shout, shouting. It got people ex- um, like excited. It got people booing as well, which was like yeah. added to the atmosphere. Really. Was- what do you what do you make of the atmosphere? Because this, this is one thing. When I came to this corresponding fixture twelve months ago, I thought it was genuinely one of the worst I'd experienced mm-hmm. um, within this stadium. Felt like there was more. A there was more people, but also just felt like there was. Um, a bit more positivity and like you said that classic test match atmosphere I felt yeah there's about 70,000 I think the attendance was in the end and I know the the union found it hard to sell tickets yeah. uh, hitting 60-65 midweek so they've added quite a few on over the recent past days which is um, good for the union good for rugby generally in Wales um, I agree that I think the atmosphere was, was quite something but I don't know if that's to do with what the coaching staff had been talking about start of the week you know saying that they want to play this expansive game a lot of promises or was it actually what we saw on the pitch was an expansive game mm. where when we've heard a lot of Warren Gatlin in the past saying that he's planning to do things wants to do stuff but doesn't actually carry them out when I think against Australia he really did we did see he, the team practice what Gatlin preached which was quite nice to see and I think that's a big part of uh, rugby and sport generally that if you've got an exciting spectacle 
the fans will get behind it. I agree, and I think just to, to hone in on that point, I really felt there was a sense of ambition today. Totally, Perhaps not totally, the execution, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you felt that they the first instinct was to go rather than to put boot to ball. Yeah, definitely, and I I, I enjoyed that. It was re- quite refreshing to see a, Wales, a Welsh team just having a go. And mm. okay, there's a few. It was, it, was, it was a very rusty performance. If you see that on the, on the knock-ons, I don't know what the um, tally was, but Tolupi Falatai was up in three or four. Yeah, uh, well, errors. A- anyone who listens to this podcast on a semi-regular basis knows that uh, I find it. You know, I, I never really have a need to criticise Tolupi Falatai, but uh, yeah, that was it. Was I kind of had almost had to pinch myself to see you know three, four knock-ons yeah, it, you know, simple I, ones as well I think it was just one of those things it's just, it's just some, some days you have those yeah. you have those afternoons or evenings where things just don't go your way and there's not much you can get around to it really but um, yeah I was disappointed to see that and maybe it was, you, you, we would not have seen that in two games time against yeah. New Zealand or even against Georgia next week well let's hope not who then kind of stood out who impressed you in particular I don't know really it's always hard because, like I said because so much happens you can't yeah. really focus but I thought um, Owen Watkin when he came on mm. he he looked like he came looking for the ball which was uh, was always a good th- a good sign and when he had the ball I think one touch where he took really step nice step back. in yeah, there wasn't it you know and it's just it's those little touches which I was quite impressed with I thought Owen Williams dealt, mm. dealt with his new position new role in, in the Welsh shirt quite quite comfortably as well um Gareth Davis is right. Uh, Michael Check actually said post match that having a 10 12 uh, combination, pl- playmaking combination, gives your nine more yeah. more freedom because there's less pressure on that individual to, to control the game. And I had never thought about it until he'd said it. And quickly reflecting on the game, Gareth Davis did seem to be far more present in the open because I felt in the past Gareth Davis has been bogged down by a lot of especially international rugby responsibility of having to boss the game or control the game or. Um, guide the team but this evening I think he was quite um, impressive on the forwards uh, I don't know really um, Alan Wynne Jones was Alan Wynne Jones you know yeah. <laughs> doesn't really it's kind of taken as red isn't it yeah, yeah. you know um, and then Rob Evans was quite funny spoken to him actually after the game in the mix zone where the first question was uh, what's life like at a play half <laughs> and his, his reaction was oh, it's, just, it's part of the job now and I think that's quite nice to see that it's not seen as a bizarre thing that your, your front five players or, or your pack are Happy, happy to have a go and pass the ball around. It just, like you said, part of the job. Yeah, and he looked, yeah, he looked very, very comfortable. You know, as we've seen him kind of do with Scarlets, I thought Ken Owens did a likewise, just a you know another kind of barnstorming performance. Just so happy to get his hands on the ball whenever he could. Which changes do you think Gatland will make for the Georgia game? Oh, do you know what? Obviously, post-match press conference, he said he expects there to be a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm always wary of wholesale changes because you just it feels like you disrupt the. Uh, you disrupt the pattern, but I, I'm expecting him to see to see kind of um, blooding quite a few of the, the more inexperienced players. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Elliot D come into the uh, come into the side. Um, I think likewise in the in the back three. I think he might go. Uh, I, I think he might give Watkin an, an opportunity. Uh, sorry, in the um, in the back line, he might give Watkin an opportunity to get his hands on the ball a bit more. It'd be a waste of having. That's the problem with the long Wales in the passes. It's been a waste having players in the squad and not using them when yeah. <clears throat> this afternoon proved that he had Owen Watkin on the bench so he gave, gave him on he had Leon Brown on the bench so he put him on he had mm-hmm. Sam Cross on the bench so he put him on and that's what might he'll do next week against Georgia that he has these individuals in the squad so he'll give him a chance The back row was an interesting one for me because I think it was very tough because you know, again Shingler and Navidi not played a lot at international no. level well, Navidi hasn't played much at European yeah. uh, the Challenge Cup or even Cup before 
And uh, you know, I thought they acquitted themselves well, but I did feel at times there was a lot of quick ball for Australia. And with that back line, which is a mixture of guile and real power, yeah. it, that I think made things really. You're difficult. right there. The, the the difference in international rugby and then what we've seen in, in top top level European and definitely Super Rugby is getting quick ball, and that's what Australia got, and I think that's what Wales didn't get, and that's what's the key that to unlock and to make the most of the 10-12 combination. We need to get quicker ball. I think that's. What cost us maybe tonight was just it was a bit slow and Australia was a bit quicker than ours, you know? Yeah, I felt it was a touch of white line fever as well, just that kind of, which I suppose is a little bit of the Wales of old where. Yeah, there was a bit of panic, you know, a few yeah. kicks. The John Davis's cross kick led to absolutely nothing. Yeah. Probably unnecessary, you know? Yeah, but again, there was just some little nice touches in there. I've, I've seen kind of, you know, just chatting to Peter Jackson then and also um, having seen the Wales Online ratings. Um, it seems like a bit of a mixed bag is what people are making with Steph Evans uh, now again there was definitely some mistakes in there but for me I just thought it was so refreshing to see such an instinctive footballer his first instinct is to take players on beat them some nice little kicks and stuff I thought on the whole you know I wouldn't be dwelling on those errors I'd be no, looking at the positives just looking through the statistics at full time I think he conceded four turnovers which in, in a Warren Gatlin squad two, of two years ago yeah. we would have been like oh that guy's out for the chop and might yeah. never see him in a Wales shirt again but the impression I get he'll get another chance because yeah. I think Gatlin's been refreshed since the Lions tour maybe he spent a bit of time outside of Wales over the past um, what it's been 10, 12 months or so so he's come back with a new mind he's got that focus in two years in the World Cup and he knows what he needs to do and he knows what he wants to do and that is win it in Japan and that yeah and that acceptance that you're not going to win it playing a playing a restricted brand of rugby and I think players like that I don't know I, I think that the comparisons between Steph Evans and Shane are, are always kind of a bit tempting I think, I think any comparison with any former player I think yeah. it's it's a bit. I find it quite frustrating, and like, or even when I think it's the romantic. Yeah, thing. Just, definitely. Just can't help though, you know. It's, uh, um, but again, yeah, all in all, I think just seeing a, a Welsh backline and the forwards kind of prepared to to go for it. I've I've come out of this. I think you know, while it's frustrating because you know, again, you look at that and go, there there were times where I think we could have won the game. All in all, as Wales first start wars and fixtures goes, that's certainly not the worst. No, not at all, not at all. <laughs> but the search still goes on for a victory in the opening fixture, doesn't it? It does, yeah. <laughs> we'll, recon- we'll reconvene next year. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Thank you very much indeed. No problem at all. Cheers. Nothing like a nice dose of drizzly South Wales rain to compound your misery after another kind of oh-so-near miss for the Welsh national side I've just seen a rat as well a great big dirty rat that's run right uh, run right in front of me as I walk and head home I haven't had a bit of time to reflect you know generally I think that there's definitely more positives than negatives in that performance from Wales um, it's been a while since we've seen kind of that sense of ambition in the backs and the forwards there's a lot of knock-ons and, and errors that are frustrating and uh, I think they're the kind of things that will only happen with, uh, with time. You know, that stuff, will, uh, that stuff will get a lot better. And I think, you know, it's just actually tra- trying to look at the side and say that they've put together a load of positive passages of play. And I think that was something that I think that's something that they managed to do. And you'd like to think that as each game goes on, you're going to see more and more of those passes going to hand and, and with it the tries that 
the tries that will come so to be fair you know Gatland has said there's going to be a more exciting ambitious style of rugby to come and hopefully the the foundations of that are there it just you know it does sting a bit because how many times have we seen that 13 straight defeats against Australia now and um, you know the the memory of 2008 is getting more and more getting more and more distant but yeah Georgia next up which I don't think you know it's not going to be an easy game we know all the cliches about their powerful forwards and we also know there's likely to be a fair amount of changes and that always makes it difficult for a bit of fluidity but I think it'll be a tough test hopefully an opportunity to blood some new players and and uh, we'll get to learn a bit more about the the depth of uh, the depth of this squad so that's it for my match day blog I hope you've enjoyed it really was a, an interesting day for me to get an insight into what goes on inside the media zone and the press box and, and everything else uh, kind of thoroughly enjoyed that on the pitch I guess it was <laughs> nothing new really in watching Wales lose narrowly to Australia but it did feel like there was a, an element of, of some optimism within there some good individual performances and uh, with the, all of that kind of taken care of it was uh, time to, to head back to London to record uh, my usual weekly analysis with co-host Dan Killick and make sure you check that out that'll be uploaded at the same time so thanks for very much for listening to this and uh, be sure to check in on part two machines will do the heavy work men will supervise the machines you owe much to these machines horsepower not manpower Podcast Network.